What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the show where every week we bring you interviews with other nomads or news from the road so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And today, we got a good one for you. We have Julie. She's hanging out with us. She took seven years to plan her van life. Yeah, we took one year to plan van life, and we thought that was a lot. But she put seven times more that into it. (laughs) Which, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are having several years to really think about exactly how they want to do it and what type of rig they want to get in. And, you know, everybody does it differently. So I thought this was a great opportunity to get the scoop on what somebody planning for so long, like what takes them this long and what gets them into it. And some tips for you guys on what to think about and the biggest challenges and, you know, all of the ducks that you have to get in a row to be able to live van life. Because, you know, especially, you know, for us, it was just going to be a one-year sabbatical. But if you're thinking about this as your retirement plan, if you're thinking about this as your full-time thing, you're, you know, diving in headfirst 100%, you're really going to want to make sure that you're set up properly before you do that. Yeah, and I would even say for the age that we were and just trying to do it as a, like a quick sabbatical thing, we kind of figured the faster we could do it, the the better. And so we still took a whole year. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. We did a very similar thing as like Karen and Nate, for instance. You know, they, they saved for one year. They saved enough money to travel and they, they got on the road, but they didn't get into van life right away they traveled in a different way like you know europe and all that stuff and we saved enough money to travel for one year and for us that was what like 21 grand yeah i think like 24 24 thousand dollars was our number so because we didn't have to have the expense of like the flights and stuff i guess Mm -hmm. it was a little bit cheaper for us um so it goes to show like depending on what type of travel you want to do and what type of lifestyle you want to live this this could be it this could be it for you Yeah. And I mean, Julie talks about it too, especially if you're going to have, you know, a bigger RV, there are lots of costs associated just with living in a van. Like you think, okay, I'm going to get rid of my rent. I'm going to get rid of my car payment. I'm going to get rid of, you know, all these various insurances or whatever, whatever, but there are still fixed expenses and life on the road isn't necessarily always as cheap, especially if you're going to be staying in RV parks and, you know, filling up a huge tank of gas. Nor is it as easy, and she's going to get into what happened. They had a total disaster on basically their first trip. So you're going to have to stick along for that. And uh, thank you so much for coming and listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to share it with a friend and leave a five-star review. Yes, five-star reviews definitely help the show grow. So if you enjoy this episode, be sure to drop that little love comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now let's jump right into it. Julie, we're so excited to chat with you today for the podcast. We're really excited to get into your story. Seven years planning van life, which is insane. Um, So why don't you take us back to the very beginning? How did this idea kind of enter into your consciousness and how come you let it brew for so long? Oh, man. Well, yeah, it, it was at least seven years ago. Um, I remember the first time that I thought about it was uh, I had a farm in Tennessee, 
right outside of Nashville. It was just a small 10 acre farm, but I had six horses and two kids. And uh, during that time, my then husband actually decided he didn't want to be married anymore. And so I was thinking, okay, what's the rest of my life going to look like, right? (laughs) Because I was looking at this huge farm and I was thinking, okay, no, I didn't sign up to have this thing for that long. And to and, do it by yourself too. Like it's so much work. Oh yeah. Oh, so much. Kids and... Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of a country girl, so it's not a big deal. Um, and I thought, well, okay, so what do I really want to do? And then I ran across this, this um, online show, uh, Heath and Alyssa. Actually, I ran across them and then, and at that time they were, they were talking about, um, they had just gotten married took off in an RV and they traveled all over the country. And I thought, well, now that would be fun. So I followed them for a while. And then the whole RV life, you know, the whole movement kind of started to pick up. And so I started to follow a lot of other RV folks. Then I wound up getting married and remarried. And, uh, and then I started to think, you know what, I could, I could probably do my job. Uh, from an RV. And sure enough, uh, I started saving up. And then I started telling my kids, you know, when I get rid of you, (laughs) I'm going to go do this. Um, So that's how it all started. I just, I just started to think about the freedom and started to think about, I'm not someone who really wants to go play golf you know, um, I, I want a different end of, not end of life, but I want a different, different retirement experience. Um, doesn't even have to be retirement. I just want a different kind of life. Mm -hmm. So tell me this, like if somebody else was kind of in those planning stages, Mm -hmm. what were some of the steps that you took to kind of set yourself up because I know Mm -hmm. you're about to get into the rig. You've done your shakeout trip, which I'm excited to hear about. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, what was kind of the planning and the steps and the lead up? Was there some money saving job shifting? Like what were all Mm -hmm. the kind of ducks that you had to get in a row for you to finally feel like, okay, now I can make this happen. Right. Oh man. Um, I think the first thing that I had to do was actually to start thinking about uh, realistically, would I be able to downsize to, to that level? Because um, frankly, you know, kind of going from a farm and it it wasn't a a huge farm, but it wasn't small either. I had a 40 by, you know, 30 foot barn and animals and two teenage daughters at the time and all their stuff. And just the thought of, okay, am I someone that could literally give, give all of my stuff away? Because I, I didn't want to have to have two places. I, I literally wanted to be free. Is that something that I really and truly could do? So I had to think about is the mind shift. And I spent several years just really thinking hard about what that would really look like. So that was number one. Number two was real um, realistically, what is the financial situation? 
because, you know, you, you think, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have a mortgage. I wouldn't have, you know, I would just have the, the RV payment or whatever the case may be. I can do that on cheap. And, oh, yeah, you know, parking it. I'll, I'll use BLM land or I'll park for free, whatever. Yeah, really, no. That's not true. So it's it's not it's it's not as cheap as you would think it would be. You there really are more expenses than you would imagine. So I spent a lot of time thinking about that and really getting my financial situation in order. So I got um, a financial advisor. I took a look at um, what were the expenses I wanted to make sure that my family was taken care of. My two daughters. Um, and then I started thinking about, okay, did I want to travel with my two daughters and what would that be for their high school and college experience? And, um, and then I had a brand new husband as well. Uh, so we had a lot of conversations about that. So there were, there were things that put it off, you know, over the years. Um, but I think we, we, we made some good choices along the way. Um, I didn't want to be stuffed in in a in a trailer with two teenage daughters. That just no. Mm-mm. That'd be rough. Huh? <laughs> that is asking for hell. You know. No. Uh, the other thing is really uh, looking at could I do my job on the road? And what about my husband? Can he do his job on the road? Yeah. And and I can. I know I can. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like, what is the ideal like rig and setup that you're looking for? You know, when you're having this thought of, are, are my daughters going to come with me? Is my new husband going to come with me and travel? You know, you would think that if it's going to be four people, your idea of what you might have might be different than if it's just two people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ruled out the kids going a long time ago, but <laughs> but we did. Um, we actually we had several years where we went to RV shows, big RV shows, as much as we possibly could, and that we made that into fun. We just had so much fun going and dreaming and walking through them and imagining. Um, that was just a lot of fun. And what we what we were able to do when we did that was really decide what we absolutely did not want and what we absolutely had to have. And we didn't kid ourselves about that. Um, one of the things that wound up on my list that I absolutely would not com- would not compromise on, I wanted a washer and dryer in the RV. That was just that was the number one thing. I was not going on the road without a washer and dryer. I was not lugging my laundry and my undies in front of everybody at 60 years old. No, thank you. You know, so <laughs> that was just a, that was not an option. Um, so we spent a good long time doing that. Um, so, and we had a lot of fun going to the RV shows. The other thing that that did for us was we got to meet a lot of RV people. Mm-hmm. And we figured out, okay, would we blend in with this community or not? Now, I'm a consultant. So I spend a lot of time with corporate America. I spend a lot of time with very, very wealthy, very kind of top 1% people, frankly. And um, 
And it was just really refreshing <laughs> to spend a lot more time with people who, you know, just love to be outdoors and love to be with each other, you know, more down to earth. Not that you don't have that in corporate America as well. It's just it was um, it was a, a more family feeling experience. So I knew we could find our, our community there. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess you could say it's the 1% in a much different direction. Like yeah. Almost in like peace, love and happiness. You know, uh, I, I know there's a lot of other people out there that want those things as well. But these are the people that are like on the road. And there's, I mean, if there's a million people on the road, I'd be surprised, you know. So yeah. it's less than 1% of people out there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing that you can find your tribe and your community you know, within, within this atmosphere, no matter what type of background you have, just because you have that like similar interest aspect. Absolutely. And, and the, and the community is, is, you know, it's intergenerational it's a lot more diverse, um, at least in what I have experienced of it so far. We've, we have yet to be in a situation where we couldn't look around and, and somebody would step up and help us. Mm-hmm. And we're pathetic at parking the RV. <laughs> So, you know, that is my number one trauma-inducing thought is that we're going to get stuck somewhere. We, and it's already in the shop. We only got it in March. Oh, so. wow. Oh, it's yeah. A, I almost took the roof off of the dang thing. Oh, so. no. Give us an idea of what, <laughs> what you have RV-wise. Huh? Tell well, us what you got. Yeah. So, March, um, we took the plunge. And um, a year ago on our vacation, we, we were – we were haggling in our minds between a fifth wheel and a, a class A. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I am not into, uh, I'm glam, I'm a glamper. I'm not a camper. Okay. So let's just put it out there. Um, you know, I don't do bugs. And so, yeah, it's got to have a kitchen with an island and, you know. <laughs> Safe to say you're not tent camping. Uh, oh, no, we, I've done that. I've done that. Um, and I can't, and I camped growing up. So I've done the whole, you know, the whole thing, but, but there's a point in time. And when you're 60, that's, it's not that time. And you've also spent the last however many years in a beautiful home with all these luxuries and you want the washer dryer, you want the kitchen Island, you know, you're going to be hard to wash dishes again. Let's put it that way. Right. (laughs) I'm giving up a dishwasher. I'm not giving up a washer dryer. Heck yeah. So, um, so last year we rented a class A and we drove that around. I was perfectly comfortable in it, but it just didn't feel um, it didn't feel right for us. It, it, there wasn't enough s- separation. It just didn't feel like a house, I guess. So we wound up deciding to go for a fifth wheel. So we've got a um, a Grand Design Solitude um, fifth wheel, 42 feet long. <laughs> With a rear kitchen, you know, it's, it's, it's the works. It's pathetic how big this thing is. But, yeah, it's it's snazzy. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I would say the good thing is that, you know, you now have the ability to like detach and you take your vehicle, you know, wherever you want to go. You could go grocery shopping and things like that. You don't have to lug the 42 foot, you know, rig behind you. Uh, you could simply jump in the truck, uh, yeah. to, you know, and, and disconnect and go. 
Yeah, the only downside is I have to sell my Mini Cooper, so. Mm. Mm. I guess you can't really tow a, a vehicle tow. behind a towed camper. No. <laughs> You'd be like 68 feet long. And then you have <laughs> it on the end of that, so you got the truck and the camper and the Mini Cooper and a and boat. boat. <laughs> I know that, yeah, you know, there are some upsides and downsides. Mm. But, yeah, we, um, yeah, so... We had a we had our shakedown trip as I mentioned. Um, we took her to Key West for our anniversary. That was where we honeymooned at 13 years ago, and um, so we took her to Key West on our anniversary. It was hot as hell. Sure. Um, <laughs> we had our two dogs. One's a German Shepherd, and she is 13 years old, and. Um, She's 80 pounds, and we had to literally lift her out of the dually and into the camper and out of the camper and into the camper and out of the camper. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's an issue, but she's our baby. We have to keep her with us. And we have a Chihuahua mix that's also with us. Um, the, the day before we left, we brought the camper um, to a little municipal park where we camped it so we could so we could pack it up and it was the first time that I actually parked it and we had to back it in and my husband Tom was helping me and um, you know we're not used to like looking at everything and so he wasn't really looking at the top and we scraped, or I scraped, the side of the top of the roof right off, pretty much. Oh, yeah. And we didn't, and I didn't know it. He didn't know it. I didn't know it. So we get to the keys, and we had this humongous thunderstorm, as it does every day in Florida. And um, we had this leak coming down oh. the inside. So yeah, we 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 went to the Home Depot and and taped it up um it still leaked a little bit but you know we were able to whatever but yeah um the d word was thrown around quite a bit on the vacation you know divorce and um <laughs> we were yelling at each other quite a lot um i took a little bit of the of the decal the brand new decal off too on a palm tree trying to make a left turn <laughs> Yes, these are some of like the harder things about getting something so grand and so large. Or honestly, getting any vehicle that's bigger than like if you're used to driving a Mini Cooper, yeah. a ProMaster is going to feel gonna like feel a big. really big vehicle. Oh yeah. So to go from driving a Mini Cooper to driving a truck with a giant trailer on the well, back, a forty-two foot trailer to be exact. You know, it's a you probably have almost fifty-five feet of you know truck and and trailer and you have the whole like idea of the jackknife between the truck and the trip like the how do you turn the yeah, trailer when you reverse these things it's definitely different than if you're reversing one car yeah, yeah so i've definitely heard that parking these large rvs is a divorce inducing <laughs> oh yes situation so i'm glad that you've survived that yeah yeah and actually when we got um, and and it's parked in a a transfer truck parking lot mm -hmm. um 
because our, you know, our, our neighborhood has an HOA and we, we can't park it at our house. So, you know, so, so when we got home after a 14 hour drive, we had to park it in the parking lot of this storage place that we leave it in. And it took, well, when we got home, it was thunderstorming really badly. And um, so finally we couldn't park it. It was too hard. And I called the pla- the owners of the place and I said, I'm not parking it. I'm leaving it right here. We'll come back in the morning when I can see what the hell I'm doing and we'll park it then. So we had to go back the next day. It took us three hours to get it parked. I think the good news is that it can only get better and easier from here. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to actually hire somebody to teach us how to park it. That's a great idea. Is that a, like a possibility? I didn't know that was a service. Yeah. That provide. yeah, you can actually hire somebody. But in the meantime, we did figure out how to actually do like hook it up to the hitch. Um, we figured out a system to do that. Okay. That we can actually do that by ourselves now. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. And it's so rewarding when you figure out like exactly how it works for you guys, you know, because it works differently for everybody. Yeah, we were pretty proud of ourselves. We, I hooked it up. We hooked, we hooked it up to the hitch on Tuesday so I could take it up to where we had to take it to get the roof um, fixed because we have to drive it at the end of this month. We're driving it out to Athens to the NRVTA. Because my husband is getting the RV inspector certification training. That's what he's going to do on the road. Interesting. Can you tell us more about that? Because I've never Mm -hmm. really heard about the the NRVTA Mm -hmm. and what is the RV inspector and how does that work? Yeah, the NRVTA is in Athens, Texas. It is a huge, full um, school basically, for people who want to become RV technicians or RV inspectors. And um, it's like a three, four week full-time, it's like going to university, basically. And they also have an online um, school, online program for RV owners who just want to be able to do kind of fixes for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the the owners of the school are the ones who started it actually um who teach the program um actually have gosh was it big beard lithium batteries they formed that company um but they they basically certify people to be rv techs and rv inspectors and so that's what my husband tom is going to get uh, certified to do and that's going to be his business when we're on the road. That's super smart. So when would you need an RV inspector? Like if you were going to buy a used RV or if you were going to buy an RV from um, a local dealer and um, the, you would go and um, the local dealers keep uh, catalogs of RV inspectors that are available and so if one of their if one of their buyers wants to have an RV inspected before they actually take purchase it, then they would call they would give you know their clients um, a list of RV inspectors that then they could call. It's just like a home inspector. Mm-hmm. You know, this would have been really great information to have before we purchased our most recent RV. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which has turned out to be a lot more of a headache than we anticipated. Well, and here's another thing that I think that they're capable of doing is putting value on what a like a van, like if you DIY a van, you could have yeah. a director come out and check out, you know, the van and right. put value to it. Like for instance, the Fennimores did that with their rig before they sold it. Right. And it, and they actually wound up saying, Yep, this is worth this much money. And it was exactly what they were looking for. So it kind of worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could also maybe help you get a discount too. Mm-hmm. Like if you had somebody go out and inspect and they said, you know, they want 45, but it's really only worth 40, yeah. then you could maybe haggle the price some more, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they if part of their job is valuation. I don't yeah. know that much because I haven't been through the course. But I do know that, um, like, they can show you if they're if they're seeing evidence of water damage or if they're mm-hmm. seeing if they're if they see something that like the the wiring hasn't been done properly or something like that. I do know that that is part of what they can report back because mm-hmm. then that means hey, you know, you probably have to go and get somebody to fix it. You don't want right. to buy something that's going to be a tinderbox, right? Um, So yeah, that, and he can put, you know, depending on the campground, he can put his, um, his shingle out, you know? So if you're at a campground and um, you think something's going wrong uh, with your system or this, that, and the other, and you don't know how to inspect it, you don't want to take it in, you know, uh, for something that might just be a little fix, you can get an RV inspector to come and take a look at it and tell you what's wrong with it. Mm. And then you call the tech and then the tech can come in and actually fix it for you. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So it makes it less of a guessing game, you know, for when you do go to get that repair and then they can't hit you with the book and say, Hey, you owe us $75,000 now. (laughs) Yeah. And they are actually the RV inspector training is I think even a week longer and more in depth than the actual tech training. Interesting. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So Tim's going to be an RV inspector. What are you going to do on the road? I am a, I already own my own business. I'm a consultant. So I consult with companies when they do big uh, changes. So reorgs or um, if they do big system implementations, I do the change management for that. So I go in and I help people with communication, um, with training, that sort of thing. And then I'm also an executive coach. And so uh, mainly for women executives. And so what I do is um, I help them with uh, leadership challenges or help them with if they want to um, develop uh, specific skills or capabilities, if they want to change their careers, if they want, if they're um, older in their careers and they want to figure out, okay, what's my next plan? What am I going to do after retirement? Um, do I even want to retire? Because you know? <laughs> anymore, heck, you know, we're not done at 70. That's for sure. We're living a lot longer <laughs> these days. And frankly, just like me, you know, I can't imagine not working. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what am I going to do? I'm going to start my own business and and do the things I love to do. So that's what I'm going to do from the road. I'm just going to keep running my business like I always have. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Starting this consulting company, was that kind of part of your seven-year plan to kind of get into something that you could do remote? Yes, actually, I had started listening to um, uh, remote, you know, remote work podcasts. I had started to listen to um, or take note of um, Lift Camp Work uh, is one of them, the Remote Work School 
I'd been really taking a look at all of that. But then when COVID hit, um, I got laid off from my consulting company. And all of a sudden, it was okay not to travel 100% of the time to my client sites. Mm -hmm. So when I got laid off from my from my um, consulting company, I reopened my business and went independent again. I had contracts that fell into my lap and I went, I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and if I need, if I need to go to a client site, I'll, I'll, I can always be close to an airport. So like, even when we're in Athens, um, in Texas, I'll be an hour and a half from Dallas. I can fly, and I'm going to be flying out from there to go up to a client site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you really have a lot of freedom and flexibility. I mean, it's not like, you know, the 70s hippie movement where you kind of had to stop and work or drive to somewhere to work. Like you could literally just hop on a flight, drive a couple hours. Like if you need to leave the fifth wheel and get into Dallas for a meeting, you know, you could just drive into the city. No big deal. Right. Right. Or like my mom, my mom right now, she's um, struggling with Alzheimer's. She lives with my sister in North Carolina. I can just hop on a plane from anywhere I'm at and fly to North Carolina, which is again, what I'm doing in the middle of September just to give her, my sister a break. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, it's awesome that you could do that and you could go see your mom and you could have that family opportunity going back to the work thing. Um, what type of internet setup do you have to like keep yourself working on the road? Is that something that you're, you're thinking about? Oh, I was just researching that again today. Um, I have been thinking about that quite a bit. I know that eventually I'm going to wind up with Starlink. Not quite there yet. I think I'm going to be going with um, Peplink um, and getting getting a fairly large data plan, like an unlimited data plan. Mm -hmm. They now have a 5G uh, router that's coming out. I think I'm going to wind up with that. It's kind of pricey, but I have to be able to be online. I do a lot of Zoom calls with my clients. Um, it, so it's it's very much like likely that I'm going to be um, going with that. Yeah, we mm -hmm. had a pep wave as well. Um, we, didn't, we didn't want to be using their service directly, uh, which I'm sure it, it is great is actually probably better than having like one service provider because I think they link to all the service providers. Yeah, they have all, they have all three. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, then we also had the Starlink that you'll use when you're in like extremely remote places. Um, I don't see me going to a remote place. Yeah. <laughs> I have a thousand trails membership. I'm kind oh, of yeah. you know. So, I mean, realistically, I think you could probably get away without having the Starlink for quite some time. If you were going to like boondock it and you weren't going to have any services, then you would want to really think about, uh, you know, having the, the Starlink for when you're traveling um, super remote places, but I think the, the pep link or the pep wave will be a, uh, a great way to go, especially if you're staying at the, you know, those little resort styled, you know, spots when it comes to the RV life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, um, given that we're starting kind of close to winter anyway, my kids are here in Florida and, um, that's where domiciled, obviously we live here anyway, so might as well. Mm -hmm horrible state right now but anyway <laughs> don't get me started um we are not a politics show <laughs> oh, good um but the the reason why i'm kind of 
hesitating a little bit about going all in on, you know, the Starlink and all of that is because um, winter, we're going to be wintering down here anyway. So really our travel travel is going to start next summer, next spring and summer. That's when we anticipate really doing most of our travel up into, you know, um, I'm kind of hoping we can go up into the Northeast uh, first. I would love to get out to, um, to Alaska. I would love to do that. I would love to do that, but um I don't know if my husband can take it, you know, because that road. I'm, I think I'm, you might need a little bit more experience with yeah, the road. I'm watching, I'm watching the Hanks do it this summer. I don't yeah. know if you follow them. I'm watching the Hanks do it, and I'm thinking, he, I don't think you could stand it. You know, I, just, think <laughs> I think that the Northeast trip will set you guys up to know whether or not you can handle that. Like, yeah. you know, the roads do get a little bit more gnarly up there, like with potholes and stuff. Yeah. But it is a fairly open road in the sense yeah. of like, you're not going to be fighting traffic or having really to back into anything or anything along those lines. So, And I will say too, I have watched a bunch of the Hanks episodes in Alaska. There is some sensationalization. Yeah. Well, especially yeah, in the titles and thumbnails of like, you know, we're gonna we're trying to get people to click on the video and yeah, I know they're so cute though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just want to make them in I just want to make them into my kids, you know. Oh <laughs> they're so cute. I love that. So I was gonna before we get back on that, I think two things. We actually uh-huh. had a podcast guest, uh, episode 110. Her name is okay. Jess. And she runs a company called GoRoam.Tech, who actually helps people figure out their RV internet setup. Okay. So if that's something that you're still looking into and still need help with, GoRoam.Tech would be a great company to kind of like, you know, work with and figure out, okay, if I do get the pep wave, because she works with them as well. And so okay. she might be able to get you some discounts or things like that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, and then she can also figure out how to, when you do add the Starlink, like how to integrate everything together. So it like auto switches automatically to like, yeah, definitely you, know, powerful, you know, because, you know, you are going to drop a little bit of money on these systems and oh, um, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But like you're saying, if that's your full-time life, if that's your livelihood, if that's your job, if that's how you're paying for life on the road, putting a couple thousand dollars up front will pay for itself. Well, my business pays for it anyway. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby. There you go. I need that because I'm losing my home office, office deduction. Oh, there you go. Well, your that. home office is now the RV. Yeah, but it's not a deduction anymore. Uh, yeah, we have, I don't want to get too deep into it, but our RV is a write-off because yes. we travel in it and make the videos with it for a living. Yeah. So the RV is kind of a business expense in itself. Well, you know what? It might be with Tom's Tom's business. It wouldn't be for mine. Mine, mm-hmm. I already looked into it for my business. Yeah. There's some loopholes and things you could, you know, fun angle a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, I was going to say, I feel like in terms of the relationship stuff that we were kind of just talking about, it does challenge your relationship at times, but it also, I feel like strengthens it because there's nothing like, you know, putting your feet to the fire to actually see what you guys are made of and learn how to work together and learn how to communicate better. And, you know, and that's why, you know, we do know a lot of couples who have broken up along the way because, they don't learn how to communicate with each other and they don't learn how to, you know, solve these problems together. So, you know, if you can figure out 
how to navigate, especially the first couple of months on the road full time is very challenging. Like everything is new. The, the rig is oh, new. Yeah. Where are we sleeping? How do we park? Where are we sleeping? Where are we going? What are we? There's just so many unknowns. And then you're also trying to figure it out as a couple. So it's not just like, okay, I've made a decision and now we're going. It's like, okay, I think this is what we should do. What do you think that we should do? Yeah. And then you have to like, you know, work between you to like pick a route and just, you know, make the next decision. And so, yeah, the first couple months when you're like getting your feet under yourself is definitely the most challenging. Yeah, we um, we just had a taste of that. And um, it, it's really interesting. I like... I like the change. I mean, that's what I do for a living. I like the change. I like some things being kind of out of sync and out of whatever. My husband is very much a routine kind of guy. And we talked about that, you know, um, and what was really throwing me off was um, him being thrown off. Mm -hmm. I have a baby just like that, but he's black. (laughs) Uh, Paco just popped on the screen. Yes. Oh, mine's name is Keys for the 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 Florida Keys. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's a he's a Jack Russell Chihuahua mix. Oh, yeah. nice! He's right. a devil, man. Well, I mean, you're talking about two breeds that are pretty like Jack Russells. They want to just fly around. Oh yeah, um, Chihuahuas have a pretty high energy too, but they can oh. kind of settle. You know, They're but, one person dogs too. He's yeah. mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's mine. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah, we we had some of the those I think we're I think we're better better prepared now. Good. Since we went through that horrific week. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're better prepared, but we also know it's not gonna be easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So obviously this has been your idea brewing in your mind before you even knew this man. You know, how did that go when you kind of first started talking to him about it, being somebody who, you know, is a little bit more stuck in their ways perhaps, and maybe has never considered this lifestyle. That's the great thing about Tom. We knew each other um, in college. Uh, We dated in college and he dumped me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he got his. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He got his. It, it's it's the funniest thing. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. When we got back together, he he's he's just very he's very very easygoing. He was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. He's 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 all he's all in. Uh-huh. Um, where he gets a little crazy is I am very risk taking. And he is very cautious. Mm. Like the Hanks would drive me insane. <laughs> okay. They're like way too cautious for me. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, freaking hit the gas. Let's go. <laughs> That's yeah. why you're the one backing it into palm trees. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? let's go. Let's go. But he's, you know, th- he's more cautious. But when it comes down to if, if I want to do something, he's all in. That's right. I didn't have to try. I didn't have to talk him into it at all. Yeah. Um, but we do have a storage unit, mainly because of him. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to downsize it so is. much, and like you know, you've been collecting, 
you know, not necessarily just furniture or whatever, but like memorabilia or memories or, you know, these important photos or things that, you know, are just valuable to you, whether they're actually valuable or not. You know. I gave all my stuff to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, it makes and, it easier too, because, you know, somebody that could use it is using it and you don't have to yeah. go far to go back and see it if you want to. My daughter's digitized all the photos. Nice. nice. Yeah, and he um, he doesn't have any kids, so what he's having a hard time getting rid of is all his man cave stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because at first I would have thought that it would have been easier for me to downsize and get rid of things, but when Alex and I were in the process of doing that, it was actually really hard for me, and my apartment was kind of like a man cave, and I was holding on to like things that didn't make sense. I was though. like, this is garbage. And he's like, no, this is very important and sentimental. And I'm like, like, I don't know when I'm going to use this, but one day I'm going to need it. And then I'm yeah. not going to have it because of Gary. <laughs> it was such a hard thing. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just ruthless. I was helping my sister clean out her garage the other day. And I was like, this is trash. This is trash. She was like, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, Tom has old concert tickets. Stop. I mean, but if it if it reminds him of a really really special time, yeah, I'm like keep it. You sure. know, keep it. Well, I guess the somebody question, in the nursing home will eventually throw it away for you. Right? <laughs> I guess the question is this, right? Can you pull that memory up without seeing that memorabilia, right? And if you can, then you don't need it. But if you can't pull it up without seeing that memorabilia, then it makes sense why you'd want to. Or like, how often do you actually go and look at it? Like I'm thinking about, I have probably a hundred ticket stubs in a little bin over here in a little plastic bag. So I used to, when I was a kid, the whole thing was to like go to the movies on Friday night. And so I would keep all of my movie ticket stubs and then write on the back, like who I went to the movie with. Oh, that's cool. And I still have all that stuff, which is weird. So we throwing it out. It all fits in one little hat box and like, you know, it's not like, I don't need a storage locker forever. We could digitize it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the same as touching it. No, I know, yeah. Well, it's also probably falling apart at this point. Like those ticket stubs. Yeah, well, you just, wait, you just wait until you have that little baby. Oh, I know. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I, went through, I went through tubs and tubs of my kids' little bitty clothes. Oh, man. Oh, I yeah. It's going to be harder for Alex or myself to get rid of the kitty memorabilia, you know? Oh, yeah. There'll become a point in time where we've gathered too much stuff and we're like, we need to. Yeah. Well, they grow out of things so fast, too. So even like, like my mom is kind of the same. She pulled out a bin of, she only had one bin left because also my sister had kids, you know, 10 years ago. So she's got one bin of like all these like little cute little baby outfits and things like that. And they're so vintage and kind of hilarious, yeah. like 1980s, like frilly pink with like little bunnies on them and stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, if we have a girl, these, you know, we'll use them. But yeah. if not, they're probably going to stay in that box. <laughs> I get, Yeah, I gave um, all that stuff to my kids and neither one of them are having kids. <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody could probably get real great use out of it. It's mm. just. I feel like it's hard too to just throw things away sometimes, nice. especially when it's it's still good, it's still useful. Like you don't want to just be making trash. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. 
you know, I think that's the hardest thing is just getting rid of stuff. That was probably my hardest task of getting on the road. So like for the people out there, just know that, you know, six months down the road, even three months down the road, you're going to completely forget about those items. Like they just, they kind of just completely disappear. Or if you do think about them, it brings up a good memory, you know, and that's really all you need. One thing I found fun was that when we were traveling and there was still some stuff that we had, we realized we could downsize even more. And we were just like giving things away to people while we were traveling. And they were so like, whoa, what is it like? Well, are you sure? Like, you sure yeah. you want to, like, yeah, we want to give it away. Like, and they're like, really? Like, this is like a lot. And we're like, no, no, take it. And like, they were like, oh my God, you're so kind. And it's just amazing that like you get these reactions. So maybe oh, even yeah. a couple of the things to downsize while you're on the road to like hook somebody up, maybe. Oh, you should see this house. It's uh, four bedrooms, three baths, and it echoes because there's yeah. nothing left. <laughs> yeah. How long until you get out of there? Oh, um, well, officially October, but literally there's there's really nothing left. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Is the house sold? It's gone. It's going to be. Well, it's we um, after we sold the farm, we just decided to lease ever since then. So it's a rental. I mean, but all the furniture, everything that we have is pretty much either given away or it is um, we need it until actually we're done. Like my desk, I can't do anything with it until I'm sitting on the floor for a month. Can't do that. No. So like, what is what is going on there? <laughs> yeah. It's exciting though. It's exciting to, like you said, find that freedom and really, you know, not be tied down to anything. Really, like a lot of people do keep the home base and then you kind of go back and forth, or maybe you rent it out for a while to see, you know, are we actually gonna like life on the road? Mm-hmm. But it really sounds like the two of you are just like, we're going for it. Oh yeah. Well, it's where, where he is and where my kids are. That's where my home is. Mm-hmm. It's not the, or even the RV. It's yeah. where, where he is and where my kids are. That's where my home is yeah. and where my mom and my sister are, you know, and if I need, if I need to feel like home, I just hug him. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, and my dog. <laughs> As I'm here, just like petting Paco. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, we totally agree. I feel the same way. Like I said to Alex the other day, I miss being on the road. I miss traveling. But I'm happy to just be here. But I actually said, I miss traveling with you. You know, because realistically, that's what made our journey and our adventure so amazing and complete was the fact that we had each other and we could literally yeah. like, Wherever we were, we felt good because we we had each other. Yeah, and I think that's the most special part about it is like the bond that you two will have will be even tighter than what it is now, and uh, it's it's just special because not many other people in this world share that type of bond um, because there's not many people, not as many people willing to do it. You know. Well, we'll see how we get along. I just I I bought him a kayak, a two seater kayak for his birthday in in July. And then I found out there are like rules for, <laughs> for how to for for how to steer and stuff in a kayak. I didn't know there were rules. <laughs> well, I think they're not necessarily rules, but they're like if you don't do this, then you won't. Yeah, like somebody party. has to like <laughs> s- submit to who the rower is. Yeah, I heard about all these rules from this guy. 
at work and yeah. And then I was like, oh no, here we go again with, we're going to be screaming in the middle of a river. (laughs) Relationship building. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So we'll see how that works out. (laughs) I'll let you know. Yeah. We'll have to get like a one year, like update about. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know when you have your baby. Yeah. So do you know, you don't know what he or she is? No, we're not finding out. We're going to keep it. Good for you. Yeah. I didn't find out either. I was, I loved it. I wanted a girl so bad. Uh, Well, you got to. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part about it. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, as long as they're healthy. And if it is what you want it to be more or less then like, you're even more excited. Yeah. I think that's a really special thing. Yeah. Well, congratulations to both of you and best, best, best wishes for your little happy family. I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. Thank you. Best, so best, much. best wishes for your upcoming RV adventure. Yes. <laughs> be- it comes out of the shop in time. <laughs> well, that's the thing too now, eh? Like we've heard that these RV shops are pretty backed up. Yeah, this like one is this one told me, I mean, because it's a an insurance claim. You know, they're actually getting paid real money for it, not warranty money. So apparently that gets you in faster. Okay. So um, we, we're apparently going to have it back in time. So we'll be in Texas and hitting the road. Fingers okay. crossed. Awesome. Yay. So if you had any advice for anybody that's out there, um, you know, looking to get on the road, what would your advice be to them? Wow. Um, if it's your dream, it can be done. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Love that. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, it might take a little while to find the right time and the right person and the right circumstance yeah. and the right job. And, you know, maybe it takes seven years to get all your ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, as long as you're kind of chugging towards that finish line and really yeah. it's the start line, if you think about it, you know, yeah. Like you're closing one chapter of your life to open up a second one. So it's very exciting. And if you really love to shock people, why not? You know, every single person I've talked to has been like, you're going to do what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you get a kick out of it. Other people are like, oh, you think it's a bad idea? Maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe. Oh, oh, no, I'm not that person. (laughs) No, the more shocking, the better. I love it. Perfect. They're going to be jealous once they see your pictures of, you know, hiking and going to these beautiful places and being camped. Oh yeah. Up. Oh yeah. We're going to have a we're going to have a vlog of some sort. Tom wants Ooh. to do um, obscure places that have something to do with musical history. Oh, cool. Okay. I like yeah, because he's he's like an, a walking encyclopedia of the '70s and early '80s rock bands. Nice. Oh, cool. Gonna have to. Mom and brothers will live forever as long as Tom Noonan is alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's so good. Well, I hope you enjoy being carted along to all those things too. You guys are gonna be rocking out on the road. Oh, you know it. Having a great time, and we're so excited for you. We'll definitely keep up with you, and you know, see how it goes. And good luck on everything. Well, thanks. Good luck with your podcast too. I I'm really rooting for you guys. Thank Thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. Talk to you soon. That was a really great chat with Julie. We really enjoyed getting to know her better, getting to know her story. I still cannot believe that they ripped a giant hole in their RV on their first shakeout trip. 
Well, it goes to show that it really does take the understanding of how big your rig is and like really getting to know what that size is. So maybe doing like some like little pull arounds in some areas where they're super wide open and you have nothing there that you're going to really scrape. That way you can get really comfortable with backing in such a large piece of equipment. It's basically like learning how to drive all over again. It's like learning how to drive a house all over again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people take it for granted that like these are ginormous because you don't, there's no extra licensing required. That and theirs is a 42 footer. It's crazy. That's huge. Double the size of Lolo. Yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it was more. Oh, I guess we're 23. So, yeah, just under double the size. That's wild. That's a really... And then plus you have the truck in front. Yeah, and and then you got to think about the aspect of, like, how to turn the wheel when you're backing it up because it definitely turns the opposite way of what you think it would. So, yeah, it it just becomes... A pretty difficult thing. Maybe there should be some type of licensing. It feels like behind it. it. Well, so we were just driving on the highway here in Ontario last weekend, and we saw a full fifth wheel just tipped right over in the it, middle of the highway. It was being pulled by such a tiny little SUV. <laughs> that like, was their first mistake. It didn't make sense that they would be pulling that, and something must have happened. Maybe it had a tire blowout or something, but the whole the whole fifth wheel was on its side, and the tiny little SUV was just the two front wheels were touching. That's it. The back yeah. wheels were lifted up in the air from like the, you know, the pinching of that uh, ball the hitch. toe hitch, yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's crazy. Scary. It is scary. And it kind of puts other people in danger too. Mm-hmm. Like you are you have a vehicle that's clearly not rated for the weight of what you're towing. Mm-hmm. And then you probably don't have that much experience towing it. And now you're going to get on a highway where people are going 60 miles an hour. What it makes me think about is like, do we really need all that space? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we need 42 feet of living space? I think you and I personally don't, but a lot of people do. This is the reason why I absolutely loved traveling on our van. And I wonder what it would be like almost to do it with a baby. Like if we set it up properly, can we make it work? I'm sure we can. We know people who, you know, never say someday lived in their van with two boys But then they did, they did upgrade to an Airstream, you know what I mean? Which is a much smaller st- fifth wheel style type mm-hmm. of, you know, rig. But it's still a Bigger. toe behind, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's definitely different, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Well, I mean, as your family grows, your life is going to change. And mm-hmm. so your rig is going to change. And I feel like often, too, a lot of people that we know that start with the really big campers mm-hmm. end up downsizing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that Julie's going to end up not loving the rig that she's in once they figure out how to drive it and <laughs> get it around. But, like, you know, just the fact of when you are out on the road full time, it becomes a pain in the butt to have to maneuver this thing all over the place. Yeah, it definitely does. And then also your stays become a, quite a bit different too. You know, she was talking about how she thought it was going to be less expensive, but the way that she's doing it and not even thinking about boondocking is, you know, one of those things that's going to keep the expense up mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I guess my piece of advice would be if you are planning on moving into a big rig, Take like five to ten feet off of what you think you need. Yeah. And start there. And I would say take like an extra two years to save money. 
because you're going to want to double that money just from the simple fact that you're going to have to stay in RV parks. Make sure you budget for that uh, because it is definitely much different compared to what we were doing. You know, in the beginning, we were never staying at our We RV were parks. being so frugal. So, you with know. everything, with eating out, with spending money, with, you know, we were doing freebies wherever we could get them. Mm. I feel like we were trying to keep our budget under $1,000 a month for two people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think today. I don't know if we'd be able to do that. I think we could cut it close, but it would be ramming, ramen a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't be, you know, the meals even that we were eating because mm-hmm. just well, everything's been too, inflated. Like we limited ourselves a lot in the first year in terms of like different experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do you want to go on this boating trip or this excursion or whatever? And it was like, oh, nope, too expensive. Yeah. You know, I didn't even give it a second thought. It was just like, nope, we're not affording that. Yeah, which is in a way like kind of sad because you do want to experience those type of things. But at the same time, if this is going to be like your full time lifestyle, you have to treat it that way. Mm-hmm. Where if it's like a vacation, then you should have saved for a vacation. And do all the fun <laughs> excursions. <laughs> but we're so thankful that we had the opportunity to talk to Julie. We'll link her information in the show notes down below. Uh, thank you so much once again for coming out and listening to our podcast. We really appreciate you guys. And we love spreading the message and the news. So let us know either in a comment or you could hit us up on Instagram or check out our YouTube channel, FNA Van Life, and let, leave us a comment there on like what your favorite thing about the podcast is. We hope you guys have an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.